praise God. Before I get into the, the, what I want to talk about this morning, the Lord really uh, quickened me to read this to you this morning. Uh, just one verse, but it, but it carries a lot of weight. And uh, it's in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Like I said, this is not what I'm preaching about this morning, but I wanted you to see this and deposit this into your spirit How many of you know the only way that God's Word is going to help you is when you hear it, is to deposit it into your spirit man. And when you get it down here, then you begin to meditate on it, meditate on it. But in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning. Now, I don't know when the beginning was. I really don't know how many Christian uh, authorities or theologians could really pinpoint when the beginning was. But how many of you know there was a beginning? And in the beginning, God created. By the word of his mouth. And if you'll read down through that first chapter of Genesis, you'll see the words, God said. God said. And God said, I believe that God's word carries a lot of weight. What he says is important. And the point I wanted to make was, don't you think that the God of creation, who could speak the world into existence, could speak life into a man or a woman by his word? See, it all happens because of his word. It's what we say that helps people. Words are like containers. What is in your containers? In other words, what are your words saying? What are they holding? So I'm, I'm just convinced that this God that we sang about and, and worshipped, if that God can create the universe... Man, what could he do with a man or a woman who submits to him? Glory to God. Glory to God. Can you say amen? Well, praise the Lord. We're going to be talking about today uh, the great commandment. Everybody say the great commandment. The great commandment. Praise God. If you would, let's look at Exodus chapter twenty. Uh, We'll give her time to get that up on the screen. But Exodus chapter 20, we're going to start there. And maybe it's been a while and we're we're going somewhere with this, so you stick with us. But Exodus chapter 20, and beginning in verse 3, we're going to mention the Ten Commandments this morning. Now, it may have been a while since you've looked at where the Ten Commandments are, but really... Exodus is not the only place we find the Ten Commandments. We can also find it in Deuteronomy uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 7 through 13 or something like that. But it's found in two places. But we're talking about the great commandment. Everybody say the great commandment. Now listen as I read this this morning, beginning in verse 3, just to refresh your memory. It says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. How many? Thou shalt not take unto thee any graven image. How many? 
Thou shalt not take the Lord of thy God in vain. How many times? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. How often? Honor thy, verse 5, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the earth, which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Is there ever a time not to honor your mother and your father? Never. Verse 6, Thou shalt not kill. You think that's true today? Verse 7, Thou shalt not commit adultery. You think that's true today? Yes, it is. Verse 15, Thou shalt not steal. You think that's true today? Verse nine, or, uh, verse 16, the ninth commandment. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Should you ever lie about the friends or your neighbors that you have? Is that a good thing to spread lies? Is it a good thing to gossip? It is it a good thing to talk behind people's back? Come on, somebody help me this morning. It's never good. It's never good. And verse 17, the last commandment says, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Should I covet anything that you have? Should I covet anything that does not belong to me? No. Moses, through God, received these commandments under the law. Can you say amen? What were the Ten Commandments? They were basic rules and laws that would help in their relationship with God and with each other. As we mature in Christ, our relationship with God ought to what? Grow. It ought to mature. As I serve God, should my relationship with you be able to mature and grow as we know who God is and what God stands for? And I know you know this, maybe rehearsing some things you already know, but the, the Ten Commandments were divided into two parts. The first four commandments deal with the relationship with God. The second six, or the next six verses, deal with your relationship with God. Can you say amen? So there are things that we know that need to know about the relationship with God, and then there's things that we know that we need to have and understand a relationship with each other. So did you know when I get to know you better, we can understand each other better? Because if I don't know you, I don't know anything about you. And you've heard me say this before. It, people don't really care how much you know until they find out how much you care. Amen. They really don't. No, you could tell me all, you could quote all 66 books of the Bible. You could walk on water. You could grow angels' wings. But it don't mean anything to me unless I know how much you care about me. Amen. I mean, just look at the person next to you and say, how much do you really care about me? Oh, come on now. <laughs> now let's go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 22, talking about the great commandment. Now, I hope that person smiled when you looked at them. And I, I hope all is well with you in here. Praise God. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 22, let's begin in verse 26. Let me get over there. Matthew 22. That's in the New Testament. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 22. 
And we're going to begin in verse 36. Verse 36, Matthew 22, verse 36. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Talking about the law of Moses, talking about the Ten Commandments that Moses received. Listen to the words of Jesus. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is likened to it. Amen? The second is likened to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now look at this next part here. It said, on these two, we're talking about a great commandment, but it says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. No longer are we living under the law where the Ten Commandments were given. Yeah, we should abide by the Ten Commandments today, but this law right here, this law right here, supersedes the Ten Commandments. And if you don't understand that, I'm going to show you why as we get on in this lesson. What were the first Ten Commandments to give? To teach the people how to respect, teach them some laws and what to do and what not to do. Not only to respect God, but to do what? To respect each other. Verse 37, Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with what? With all thy might. Now, if we'll just grab a hold of these two laws right here. Did Jesus himself say here when he was writing to us in verse 40, on these two commandments, he didn't say, he did not say, on the Ten Commandments hangs all the law. He's talking about these two right here. We forget the importance of loving the Lord thy God with all of our heart and loving thyself as thy neighbor. There's a reason for that. I said there's a reason for that. Can you say amen? If we would allow God's love to come up on, get on the inside of us. Agape, this is God's love we're talking about, the agape kind of love. The only kind of love that, that can come from heaven is God's love. So you, you remember John 3.16, for God so what? He loved the world that he, what? God so loved the world that he, what? He gave. His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him would not, what, perish, but have, what, everlasting life. I'm 73 years old, and I'm still trying to wrap my mind about God loving the world so much that he gave his only begotten Son. Love. That's God's love. Talking about God's agape love. But when we have an understanding of what God's love really is to us, then there won't be any need, don't take this wrong, because I, I do abide by the Ten Commandments, you know, but these two that I read here, 
These two, upon these two right here, hangs all of God and all that he stands for. You know, people got so upset when they took the Ten Commandments out of the school. It didn't bother me because, you know, my kids didn't see the ten, didn't need to see the Ten Commandments on the school wall. What my kids needed to know was this right here, to love the Lord God with all their soul and everything that's within them, amen, and love your neighbor as yourself. Come on now. Are you with me? Amen. Because if we would allow the love of God that God gave when he gave his son, I don't think there's going to be much killing going on to you. I don't think there's going to be much stealing going on to you. I don't think there's going to be much covetousness going on to you. I don't think there's going to be much raising up other idols. Do you? When we get it in our hearts and download it into our spirit that this man called God has a son that died on the cross of Calvary. And when we accept him as our personal savior, we accept all of the love that God had to offer on the cross when he died. Woo! Glory to God. I believe that. Don't leave here. Don't leave this church. And tell somebody that I do not believe in the Ten Commandments. Don't you do that. I didn't say that. What I'm saying is, and you argue with Jesus because this is what Jesus said. He said, on these two, he didn't say on the ten, the previous, under the law, where they needed to, 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 to learn some things. But we're now living under grace that Jesus Christ brought us. So thank God. Amen. That when I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, I'm still developing, I'm still downloading the love that He offered me. I'm still trying to find things that will cause me not to get upset over little things. The love of God in you and in me will bring to pass those things that you have no idea how that you're going to overcome them. And even the next one, love thy neighbor as thyself. See, we've got to understand that love first to begin to understand the love that I have that God shed for me. Folks, you've got to realize you've got to love yourself. You've got to love yourself for the very reason that Jesus came down here to die for you on the cross of Calvary. Because if I don't understand the principle of loving myself, how am I ever going to love the principle of loving my neighbor? My neighbor is just not the man or the woman who lives in the house beside me. It's the man or the woman that we encounter every day in our life. How are we to react? How are we to love? How are we to trust? How are we to treat? My dad always told me this when I was a young boy. He said, son, if you want friends, show your first self friendly. Well, they just don't act like they want to be friends. Well, does that mean you can't be a friend to them? Maybe sometimes we just need to break the ice. You know, someone that may not seem so friendly to you. It may be a time for you to walk up and break the ice and maybe just smile. 
Maybe just offer a hug. Maybe just a handshake. Maybe they're just waiting for you. Why does it always have to be? I'll tell you why it always has to be. Yes, because the love of God dwells in us. That love of God propels me to be around people that I don't know. People that I don't understand. People that maybe other people don't care about. It's the love of God that constraineth us to be who that we say we are. You can't help it when you're born of God, when you're born of love. You can't help it but reach out to people that's in need. You can't help it to reach out but countries that are in need. You can't help it. Why? Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And it's the world that's pulling us apart. Not the love of God. It's not the churches. It's not anything else. It's the love of God that we need to allow to come in us through us and out of us. Woo! (laughs) I'm about to dance if I ain't careful. Whoa, glory to God. Don't you love Jesus? I do. I do. See, Jesus does things like this. spitting all over myself. (laughs) Jesus does things like this. He'll cause you to love the unlovable. (laughs) He'll actually cause you to love the unsmellable. Come on now. He'll allow us and cause us to love people that we have nothing in common with. Because of the love that we have for him. Amen. Honey, would you hand me that, uh, that Bible right there? I want to read something. I want to read this. We're talking about love. Amen. Not the, not the love that's so cheaply portrayed a lot of times on social media. I had a guy ask me the other day, he said, how's all your friends on social media, on Facebook? I said, I don't have no friends on social media or Facebook. I have acquaintances that we use to get acquainted with one another and say, hello, I haven't seen you in a long time. But have you noticed anything the world gets a hold of? They pervert it. I said, they pervert it because that's their mindset. They don't know any better. Uh, I want to read this to you here over in 1 Corinthians, uh, beginning in uh, chapter 13. Very familiar scripture. And probably somewhere in 1 Corinthians 13, I'm going to find you. (laughs) Now, when I find you, you identify yourself and ask yourself the question, Is that the love of God that God gave me? Or do I need to have some help? You know, there's not one person in here that that has arrived. No, none of us have gotten there yet. I'm still striving to find out who I am. But I love to find out. I love to read. I love to study. I, I love it when God comes to me and and corrects me sometimes in only a way that he can. He loves me. 
I said he loves me. But we're talking about love. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this out of the Amplified Bible, beginning in verse uh, uh, 1 all the way down to through, through verse 13. And just, like I said, just listen. In verse 1 it says, If I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, boy, wouldn't that be able to, to be able to speak like that? Have the tongues of angels and and what else does it say of, of men and even of angels? But have not love. In other words, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as inspired by God's love for us and in us. Amen. I'm only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I don't have a load of that, I'm just somebody making a noise. Clanking a cymbal. Whatever it is, you know. I said, whatever it is, all you're doing is making noise. You're not impressing nobody. Look here at verse 2. And if I have a prophetic power or the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose and understand all the secrets, understand all the truths and the mysteries, and possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, God's love in me, I'm nothing. I'm just useless to nobody. If I can do all these things. Sometimes, folks, we need to realize why we're doing what we're doing is the real motivating factor that we love him. What was our motivating factor to come and be with us today? My heart's belief is that you come to learn about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And be injected with some faith and, some, and with some anointing. Now look here in verse 3. Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor. How many of you know giving's good? But he says right here, even if I give everything that I have to the poor, even food, and, and if I surrender my body to be burned or, or in order that I may glory, but have not love, I gain nothing. You're a nobody. You're just somebody talking loud and you're somebody just showing things. I tell you folks, you, you, we need to be motivated by love. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Verse 4. Now, here we go. Love endures long and is patient and kind. I'm guilty on the very first one. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes I don't endure as long as I need to. And I know sometimes I'm not as patient with people as I need to be. Now, I'm probably the only one in this congregation that's like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to find you this morning. Just keep listening. <laughs> Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious. Oh, my. Help us. I've done that. I got two strikes against me already. I'm just starting. But it's the love of God that's on the inside of me that causes me to go on. I've been here. Love never is envious 
nor boils over with jealousy. That's just an old evil spirit. Jealous? Jealousy? And you think you're so full of God and you got the spirit of jealousy in you? You need help. I know this is popular preaching, but it'll help you. It really will. Jealousy? But oh, I love the Lord, Pastor Damon. I love the Lord. Did you see that woman looking at my man? What's that woman doing so close to him? What's he doing talking to her? Well, that's just an old spirit. I said, that's just an old spirit. And what you do with it is up to you. You'll either entertain that spirit or you'll cast it down right away and never take thought of it again. Get away from me. Come on now. Don't play with it. Don't give birth to it. Because if you will, it'll happen. Can you say amen? Oh, hallelujah. Is not boastful. Come on. Is not vainglorious. Vanity, vanity, vanity has been lost in the pulpit of the preacher. I heard that somewhere, so that's why I said that. Amen? Vanity. Don't we think we're something sometimes? Don't we think that we have some kind of control sometimes? Don't we think that we're really someone when we can stand in a group or in front of a congregation and declare the gospel. If you're not careful, I said, if you're not careful, vanity, being so vain in yourself, will bring you down. Anybody ever hear of Lester Summerall? Lester Summerall used to say this to young preachers. He said, there's there's three things that will bring you down. The glory, the gold, and the girls. Boy, wasn't he right? Come on now. <laughs> the anointing is God's. He shares it with us. Amen. Money, finances, don't make the preacher. Don't matter what kind of car you drive or what kind of truck you drive. But when it gets to a point that you have to drive such and such or have such and such or do such and such, you've got into yourself more than you have anything else. And the last thing he, he said was, it's women. Speaking from a male counterpart to a woman. Y'all know there's just two genders, don't you? Male, female. Man, Woman. And the third one said, he said is women. Anybody in the ministry knows or should know after a while that the anointing is real. And if people aren't careful, married people or single are drawn to the anointing. Whether it be a man or whether it be a woman. And when you begin spending too much time because of what you thought was the anointing, you've just headed into trouble. 
spending too much time with the opposite sex too many times is not good for any man that's married. Thank you for those amens. Y'all know it's true. Amen. Because what does it lead to? Absolutely. I don't have to paint a picture for you. That's what it leads to. But the love of God, it's the love of God that constrains us, that pulls us back from those things that are out there. There's not a man in here or a woman, for that matter, who have never, ever been tempted. You have. You have. There's been a lot of times, Barbara, and I've been out somewhere, and I've been with her, and I've said some things. I've said, boy, isn't that a pretty woman? It didn't mean I wanted to go out with her. I just said she was a pretty woman. Amen. Or I've commented on, boy, isn't that lady dressed nice? And Barbara usually looked at her and she said, boy, she is, isn't she? She didn't look at me and say, what are you doing looking at another woman? What are you doing looking at another man? Come on now. <laughs> say amen or oh me, either one. <laughs> is not conceited. Folks, I want you to know that, that you have not arrived. <laughs> the earth didn't shake when you walked in the door. Is not conceited or arrogant and inflated with pride. Is, is not rude or unmannerly. You know, folks, it's never nice to be unkind to someone. It's never good. It's never good to, be, to not be friendly with everybody you meet. Can you say amen? And does not act unbecomingly. I mean, there's a way I believe Christians ought to act, don't you? Hallelujah. We ought to be able to tell one another after about five or ten words where we're at. As far as serving God. Love, God's love in us, does not always insist on its own rights. Uh Uh-oh. Or its own way. Now, I know there's nobody in this church that's like that. No, certainly not. That you have to have your way. Or if you don't like things going your way, you just pout about it. Till you get your way. God don't do that. I said God doesn't do that. And if we're dealing with these issues, like I said, I've got all of us. I caught myself very first one. Can you say man? It's not self-seeking. Is not touchy or fretful or resentful. Takes no account. Listen to this. I know this is tough. But you'll find out where you are. You can see where the meter of your spirituality is this morning. Takes no account of the evil done to it. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Oh no, Pastor, you went over the line. You just don't know. I don't have to know. He said. Take no account of a wrong done to you. I didn't say that there wasn't a wrong done to you. Forget it. 
Oh, you don't understand. I can't forget it. I know you can't, but he can through you if you'll trust him. See, you've got to get his mind in you and allow your mind to exit and get away from where it was at. We're talking about the great commandment. There's never been another great commandment like the two we read here in Matthew. Love the Lord God with all your soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Are we there yet? I don't know of a congregation in the world today that's there in totality. But we can sure move towards that. I said we can sure move towards that. A couple more scriptures and we're done here. Galatians, Galatians chapter 5. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 5. Did y'all ever get a new Bible and can't find anything in it? Well, I just, I just bought a new one and I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm finding it slow. Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 22. Hallelujah. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the fruit of the Spirit that we all love to look at is made up of love. When you operate in the fruit of the Spirit, you're operating actually in the love of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. In other words, what he's saying is, if you'll allow God to operate in you, the fruit of the Spirit, which starts off with the very first one, which is what? Love. If you'll allow the fruit of the Spirit to walk in you and allow what we just read in Paul's writings in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 through verse 13, there's nothing can stop you. There's nothing can stand up to it. There's nothing can hold you back. But how many of you know there's a lot of times we have to be developed in things? We have to be developed in things. When my, when my little girl, or my old, well, she's my oldest, but when she was our only daughter, uh, when she was real young, I, I, want, I wanted a, a, a baseball player. <laughs> so when she was three or four, no, when she was three, by the time she was four, she could switch hit. And by the time she was six, uh, she could throw with either hand. She was, what do you call it, ambidextrous? And she grew up hating baseball. (laughs) Well, that was something that I wanted to put in her. But I can't put love in anybody in here today. You have to allow God to develop you. But if you will allow God to develop you, not only in, in the things over in 1 Corinthians, but... The fruit of the Spirit. I love what it said there at the end. He said, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. Where's your love? Joy. Where's your joy? Peace. Where's your peace? Where's your long-suffering? Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Those are all wrapped up in this man called Jesus. And when we learn him, and walk them out. No, we're all going to make mistakes and mess up. And isn't it good to know that God loves you so much? He may just come to you in a quiet time. And, and if you'll be quiet enough, he may just say, I need to help you in some areas. 
if you'll let me, if we'll admit that we need help. You know, the only way that a person can get saved is admit they're lost and that they need a Savior. Sometimes we need to admit some things after, even after we've accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And the last one here in Hebrews 11, Hebrews chapter 11, hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11, we're talking about the great commandment. Hebrews chapter 11, look here, and I'll just uh, look down here in verse uh, 6. I know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans ten seventeen. But isn't our whole life made up of wanting to please him? I want to please God. Because really I know when I, when I please God, I'm going to do other things that's going to please you. I love pleasing my wife. I've got to the point here lately that she can't hardly get a dish washed that I don't wash it right away. She's probably wondering what's happening. I'm wanting to please her. <laughs> no, I don't want it. I just love her. God should be the same way. We do things for him before it's even needed. Amen? I would rather go to him and talk to him as to have him come to me and talk to me. <laughs> Glory to God. But look at this here. Verse 6. But without what? Faith. Faith is simply believing that God is all he says he is. But without faith, it's what? Impossible to please him. For he, you and I, must what? Come to God, must believe that he is what? That he is a rewarder to them who what? Diligently seek him. I'm after him. I want this church to be after him. Amen? I saw something the other day, and I, I put it on my Facebook page, and I, I saw it on this guy's shirt. And... Uh, I wouldn't mind having one of them myself. But on his shirt, it said this. If nothing changes, nothing changes. <laughs> pretty profound, isn't it? But pretty true. If nothing changes, nothing changes. So if we don't change, nothing's changing. Amen? Come on, somebody smile at me or something. Hallelujah. That'll make me feel, let's all stand this morning. I'm done. Now you ought to smile. He's done. Hallelujah. Everybody shout, hallelujah, he's done. Glory to God. <laughs> One commandment is the great commandment. Yes, we have ten. But Jesus came with something better. And that's the love that he shed on Calvary that swallows up those ten in himself. Because when we understand his love, we won't have a problem with the ten. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you this morning for all that you stand for, all that you are, and all that you're doing. If there's one here this morning that's never accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, what a time to come.
What a time to understand that you're loving God. You're mad at nobody. You don't, you're, you're not mad at anyone this morning and all the things we might have done. You're not mad, but you love us. A love that is misunderstood all around the world. God is love, and he stands for love. And if our Father God is all about love, then every man and woman in here that said yes to Jesus ought to walk in love. Love even hides a multitude of sin. Oh, it's the love of God that's shed abroad that causes men to come to him. It's the love of God that causes you to rise above everything that we see and that we hear. Lebranda kabasa kobrondo mamasekitea. Lebrando mosoko lebiaska lebianda deribanda. Now that's a message in tongues I'm getting ready to interpret for you. The Holy Spirit said, I've always been with you. And I've always known you. And there's a height that I want to take you to. But you have to allow me to take you there. It's free. It's for you. My realm is real. And the realm you're living in now can go to the place that's above where you are now, saith the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Now, for those of you that don't understand that or never heard that before, that was a message of tongues, and I gave the interpretation. Paul, the Apostle Paul said, what good would a message in tongues be if no one understood what was being said? So by the Spirit, I just interpreted what he said. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Praise God. Anybody here this morning need to have Jesus in your life? You've never accepted him as your personal Savior, but you'd like to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That that strong odor from the fellowship hall is getting up here. (laughs) That, that, That smell of food. Amen. Well, we're going to pray up here. I love you. And I pray you love me. We're going to do great things together if we'll join forces. Can you say amen? Amen. Brother George, thank God for the service today and bless the food. Amen, 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 amen.